our, our question. A very interesting time I had with this lesson. I was telling Clay Tidwell a, a few minutes ago, moments ago, that I was going through, I, I had Monday off, and so Tuesday I was looking through the lesson, and I was just thinking, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know about this lesson. Um, I, I felt like it missed a point. Um, one of the points that we need to be making on this, and so uh, I, I redid it. <laughs> and, and it was a time of uncertainty for me because the time is short and, it, and it's got a lot of, a lot of things to, uh, a lot of uh, directions that we can go. And so I, I felt like we weren't, it wasn't a wrong direction, it was just an incomplete direction and not that I'll be able to, uh, to get this done like I want to anyway. But, but, but we're talking about directions, talking about um, the question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, do not what, and don't do what I tell you? Um, and I was thinking about directions and weird directions that you can't follow, that you have a hard time following. And so I found some, um, like on a laser pointer, this has a laser pointer, a manual, um, maybe if I turn this on, yeah. Do not look into laser with remaining eye. That's good, especially if you're a pirate. Don't do it. For a, for a digital outdoor antenna, do not attempt to install if drunk, pregnant, or both. You don't want to be, the, the drunk, pregnant lady doesn't need to be up there installing the antenna. Um, microwave oven manual, do not use for drying pets. Unfortunately, um, that's, there's a reason why that was put there. Um, packaging for a wristwatch. Warning, this is not underwear. Do not attempt to put in pants. Why Why would that be there? But, but it's instructions that we're supposed to follow. Great, I'll try it. Uh, a, disc, a CD player. UltraDisc, do not use the UltraDisc 2000 as a projectile and a catapult. As much as you might want to, and if you're at war with someone and you have CDs only to shoot, then, then there you go. Um, a, Hall, uh, a New Holland tractor, avoid death. Good advice um, if you're doing anything, really. A bright, an iron, Rowetta brand, do not iron clothes on body. Now, this is a temptation. I don't know anyone has ever not been tempted to do this. You're ironing clothes, and you think, maybe if I'm fast, you think, I don't want to take the shirt. Maybe if I'm fast, or I'll, you take the steamer and start. Um, hopefully, you've never done it, but I've thought about doing that uh, a couple of times. So don't iron clothes on body. And finally, um, Japanese food processor, do not use for the other use. Whatever you do, don't use it for the other use. If we're working out of chapter 6 of Luke, um, chapter 6, and so you can turn your Bible. We're gonna, I'm going to read that section, if I can find Luke. Um, I'm going to read that section to you from 46 to 49. And Jesus asks a question, and he's been teaching, and I'll explain that in just a few moments. And my hearing's going. Um, so, so he's asking this question, why do you call me Lord, Lord, do not, and do not, what I tell you, why don't you do that? And then he goes in in 47, he, he, he continues with this thought of, uh, with, with, a, with a, uh, an analogy, if you will. Um, 
And that analogy is 47. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. Everyone who comes and does them, here's what he's like. And then on the other hand, we'll look at that in a few seconds. 48. He's like a man building a house. Great. That we understand that to an extent. Who dug deep and laid the foundation of the rock. He dug into bedrock and found that foundation and then, and then laid it there. When a flood arose, a stream broke against that house and could not shake it. Why? Because it had been well built. 49. But the one who hears and does not do them, hears my words and doesn't do them, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. All right. So... A widespread teaching. Well, what is this talking about, first of all? People doing the word of God. People, he says, why don't, why don't you do what I tell you to do? There's widespread false teaching today that you can accept Jesus as your Savior, and that's all you have to do. It's widespread. It's frustrating because people, when I was growing up, uh, when I was growing up and I, and I was attending, I attended a Nazarene church camp, and um, I was out there, and, and I was there for the music, and I was there for the girls. I was a senior in high school. I'd never been to camp in my life, barely went to church. And my counselor said, why don't you come out here with me and just tell me that you believe in Jesus and ask him into your heart, and you'll be fine. And so I thought, well, I don't have anything else to do. Went out there and, and did that. But, but it's, it's this idea, salvation by grace of, through faith, apart from human works. People will tell you, um, people in the world, people in religious communities will say, all you have to do is believe. It's based on faith. You can't do anything. So don't even try to do anything in order to make sure that your salvation is, um, is all right. Now, these people aren't going to, for the most part, aren't going to deny the importance of submitting to Christ as Lord. They'll say, yes, you recognize him as Lord and you submit to him, but they don't insist that, do, that you have to do anything. Uh, and, and so they teach it's possible for a person to truly believe in Jesus, even though you don't submit. And what I mean by submitting is by do by by acting under submission. If someone tells me one of the elders, uh, some of the el or the elders tell me that I need to be doing something, I submit to them. How do they know I've submitted? Because I'm doing what they told me to do. Or if they want me to stop what I'm what I'm doing, I submit. How do they know? Because I'm not doing that. And so the teaching of salvation by grace through faith, it gives gives false assurance to many who think they're Christians, but they're not truly saved because because there are things. And I'm going to show you some some of the uh, ideas about this obedience in just a second. But it gives you false, genuine saving faith. Well, how do we know that faith is genuine? Well, it's a, it's a faith in action. You do things, not to not to get into heaven, but to but to be you. God takes us. I mean, God decides that. God adds to the church those who are being saved in Acts chapter two. And so uh, we to remain faithful. Part of our faithfulness has to do with this. And so we'll talk about that. I'll show you some scriptures in a second. But a person claims to be saved, but they're not. Reading God's word, which is an action, they're not hunger, hungry for it. They, they, uh, they're not. 
their, their hatred for sin isn't growing, continually growing, and, and them realizing this is wrong as well, and, this, and, and, and I can't stand this, this idea of being separated. If that's not growing, if their zeal for the lost isn't, and so they're not doing anything about that, isn't continuing to grow, then there's something wrong. And, and when we're in that state, we need to examine ourselves, examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith. And that, that takes, that takes uh, introspection. That takes us looking in to ourselves, into our lives, um, and, 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 that takes, and it's going to take us knowing ourselves well enough to decide, am I living in the faith? So Jesus comes to the end of this sermon, and he's been, he's been teaching some hard stuff uh, up to this point. Some difficult things, and he and he drives home a necessity, and that necessity is: I've been teaching you all these things, I've been saying all these things, and and I've been laying on you some heavy, heavy teaching. I want you to do it now. I want you to do it now. When the what do we say? When when the when the rubber meets the, it's time. And so that's what he's saying: it's time for the rubber to meet the rubber. I'm I'm ready for you to do it now. So. So he uh, he he tells him, you got to do what I what I need for you, what I say, and he and then he the familiar parable comes up: two men building separate houses. The foundation, the parable, the foundation is obedience to Christ's teaching. The the man who doesn't build on the foundation, he heard the teaching, he agreed with it superficially. But he doesn't obey Jesus' teaching, and so what's the result? One man does obey, and he uses this foundation of knowledge to, to build a house. He digs deep, found, finds the bedrock, uses that for the foundation, and, and the flood comes up, this creek rises, the stream rises. But the other guy, what happens to his house? We sing that song. Um, foolish man built foolish man built his house upon the sand and the floods came up and, and the foolish man's house went splat that's what we teach the kids but he agreed now what's the difference between him and the, him and the guy that built on the foundation they both heard Jesus' teaching they both heard his words they both heard this hard teaching and this groundbreaking earth shattering uh, teaching they all heard this but these two guys decided to do something different. And Jesus is using an analogy. So it's not like a guy decided to build a house and looked at Jesus' plans. It's an analogy. It's a spiritual analogy. And so, but he, Jesus is showing us that obedience to Christ is not optional. It's not optional. It's part of the package. It comes along with it. And some people might say, wait, wait a second, wait a second. I thought that faith... Not obedience or doing things as a foundation of Christian lives. In other words, and this scripture will come up, that, that we're saved by grace through faith apart from works. Now, why, why did we say that? For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Now listen closely because this is the teaching. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. We agree with that. It's the gift of God, not of works. We agree with that lest anyone should boast and that's it. We, don't, we can't disagree with Scripture, but, but we can't stop there. Because not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works. And, and so what happens? What, what has just happened in, that, in teaching that uh, teaching? We're, we're saved by grace, not of work. So what has happened? They fail to, to, to move on. Look, look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? 
good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. We're created for good work. Wait. So what is obedience? Doing, doing what we're supposed to do. So I don't know if you, if, I mean, to, to, to me, it's frustrating to study with someone who says, um, why would I need to do this when Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, you, not, not of yourselves, not of works, but then 10 says, we're, we're created to do good works. We're created to do good works. A lot of other, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a list of verses um, talking about obedience because, well, first of all, when I say obedience, what does that mean? If, if, if a child is obedient to his parents, what does that mean? They have a rules. They have rules to do and to not do. And, and out of obedience, they don't break the rules. In other words, out of obedience, they do what they're supposed to and don't do what they're not supposed to. But th- this phrase, can you be obedient? Can you be obedient by not doing and doing, going against? I mean, what, what's, what's disobedience? Not doing or doing what you shouldn't. Not doing what you should or doing what you shouldn't. That's a disobedience. So obedience, let's look into the scriptures. Uh, we're his witness, Acts 5.32. We are his witness to these things. And, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Well, I believe in him. That's, that's obeying him. No. I, 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 my, my, my kids believe that I exist but that doesn't obey, make them obey me. And sometimes when they realize you're here, you know, they're doing something and doing something, and then you show up. Well, then, then they're but, – but we believe in God, and so we obey God. We obey him. Um, he's, given, he's given the Holy Spirit to us. Other scriptures, 6-7 of Acts. Then the word of God spread. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient. They did something to prove their obedience. They, 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 there were some actions involved, not just the priests, but, but the disciples. number of disciples greatly. Some of the priests became disciples. How they were obedient to the faith. How are we disobedient? We break God's law. Sin is lawlessness. Matthew, Matthew 7.23. Uh, Depart from me, I never knew you. You practice lawlessness. And we know that that's sin. Um, Romans 2, 4 through 10. If you would turn in there. That's a large section. Romans 2. Uh, yeah, Romans 2. <laughs> Should have typed that up for me because my eyes. 4 through 10. A lot of, so the, the, in the context of being obedient, of doing things that you know you're supposed to do, listen to Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, and knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance, to, do, to make a decision to, do some, to move in a different direction, or to, to not do something, uh, to make a decision? Okay. Five, but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, a heart that won't repent, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who, six, will render to each one according to his deeds. The things that he's done will render uh, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking, do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. 
tribulation and anguish on every son of man, soul of man who does evil, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Ten, glory, honor, and peace in everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also the Greek. I, I just, and maybe I'm just off on this, but deeds and works and obeying and, and uh, it, it, you, there's something to be done in order to assure our salvation. I mean, there's, there will be a judgment day. On the judgment day, we're going to be judged according to our, yeah, deeds, things that we've done. And, and so, and so, and, and, and things we haven't done and those, and on. Romans 6.16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to, leading to righteousness? Again, we, we, several weeks ago I used a picture of a cow straddling a fence. And then last week I referred to it. This is an either or situation. Either you do or you don't. You don't, you do. Um, if you don't, uh, then you should have. But if you, if you don't obey God, then you're obeying obeying another master. There's only, there are only two masters. Um, Romans 16, 19. For your obedience has become known to all. It, your obedience, your belief has been made known to all. No. Your faith, no. Your obedience. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Your obedience, the things that you've done and the way that you've lived your life and, and how you've interacted, that those things that you've done... Uh, has become known to all. First Thessalonians one eight, um, in flaming fire. Now this is now this is on a negative uh, slant. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what? How would you explain that to someone? Uh, they might ask. Well, okay, there's the gospel. How do I how do I obey it? Someone asks you that, what would you tell them off the top of y'all's heads? Obeying the gospel. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's to, to go through, as, as Roman points out, to go through the process of the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Christ. He died, he was buried, and he was resurrected. And that's the gospel, the good news, so that we don't have to go to hell, and so we go through that process of obeying. Um, first, that's... Uh, Okay, yeah, Hebrews 5, 9. Having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey, to all who do something. There's something to be done in order, in order to be right with God. Something in, to be done and something that you, we continue to do. Um, 1 Peter 1.22, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a, with a pure heart. You've purified your souls in obeying the truth. To obey, again, I, I don't know if, if I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm looking at it wrong. I'm sure, I'm sure that this is all right. And I'm, and I, and I believe wholeheartedly that you, that, that faith is involved. And I'm going to sum up, summarize this in a second. Faith is involved in, in getting to heaven. We we know that if you if you don't believe that I'm he that I that anyway we know Jesus taught that you have to believe in him we know that and we believe it but there's an analogy let's finish up this list there's an analogy I want to get to First Peter two eight they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. 
First Peter 4.17. The time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Either obey it or don't. Do what it says or don't do what it says. But in, it, in either case, you're deciding to do something by not deciding. First John 1 John 1.8. If we say that we have no sin... We're deceiving ourselves and the truth isn't in us. We'll get, get to that. So what's, what's Jesus not teaching? He's not teaching that you have to be perfect, that you have to be sinless. He, he would like for us to never sin again. That I mean, God would love for us to never have any problem with sin again. But First John has written to, First John has written to uh, a group of people who are Christians who struggle. And so we will struggle, but Jesus isn't teaching that his followers have to be perfect. And you think about that. If the requirement for getting to heaven is to be perfect, it's going to be a lonely place. It's going to be a lonely, lonely place. No one, because the teaching, love your neighbor, no one perfectly loves his neighbor. No one, no one does. And you can list any other of the, of the teachings of Christ. Um, no, one, no one adequately not, not, I mean, some people adequately, but consistently and perfectly turns the other cheek. And so we come, to, and that's why I pointed out 1 John 1 8. If we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves and the truth isn't in us. We have sin. We have sin. And again, 1 John, written to Christians who make mistakes. 1 John 1 9, he, he is a rewarder of those who, I mean, he, he, he's a. Faithful, when you ask for forgiveness, he's faithful. And so when you confess your sins, First John 1, 9. And, and so it's written to people who are going to mess up, and that's us. We can relate to those people, uh, can't we? So, so what is it not? It is, uh, it is not teaching that, that we have to be sinless. He is teaching what James later underscores in his letter also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You show me faith, I'll show you works. You show me works, and there better be faith attached to it. Several years ago, this analogy that I love, several years ago, uh, Kevin Hahn came, and he was preaching uh, on a Wednesday night, and, and I think I remember where I was sitting. when he, This was several years ago. And he was talking about faith and works. I don't know if you remember what he, what he was talking about, but... but I mean, when he was talking about that, and he used this analogy, and I loved it. It just made so much sense to me. He said, there are people who talk about faith only. And that's, you know, faith is necessary. And there are people who talk about, um, you know, following the word only, and, and talking about, well, this is, you know, this is emotional, and this is logical. And, and then he used this analogy. He's, he said, uh, his house is full of toys that require batteries. And he, and he never put the batteries in them because of the noise, because of, the, of how crazy it would make. And you can, you can uh, relate to this. Uh, you get a toy, it takes batteries, and then you just wish, man, I wish those batteries would explode, corrode, or do something else to, to make that thing stop. And sometimes I've been known to take my kids' batteries out, and, and I mean, when the, not to lie to them, but to turn them backward so it doesn't work. Uh, can you put battery, batteries? Okay. So Kevin says... Um, he has all these toys with no batteries, and so he bought a whole bunch of batteries just because he thought that, that, that the kids should enjoy all the sounds and the, and the activities that come along with batteries. So he had this package of batteries. Batteries by themselves weren't any good except to have batteries. Toys without batteries by themselves weren't doing what they should do. Batteries and toys together 
made a difference. Because that was the right way. Faith without works, works without faith, they, they go together. Faith only, not so much. Works only, that's not going to work either. But, but some people try, and I've tried. So obedience with, comes from faith. Acting on faith that we have in Jesus. And so three reasons why obedience is, is not optional. First, well, okay. Yeah, okay. So first, and I'm not going to put these on the board. I'm going to, we'll go there in a second. Obedience isn't optional because because it's a test in a way, if you would. I, and I don't mean to use that as that we get tested um, for our, uh, you know, that, that God, that Jesus is going to teach uh, test us. But notice verse 46 of Luke 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I, and do not what I tell you? Well, it's it's. Are we calling him Lord? That that's for the first test. Am I calling Jesus Lord? That's one thing to call Jesus Lord. It's another. Am I submitting to him as my Lord? What's the difference? I can call. I can call the president of France, whoever that might be, um, president, but he's not. I'm not submissive to that president. He's not my president. So we can call on Jesus. We can say to Jesus, Lord, Lord, and not be submissive to him. So first, the test is, do, am I calling on Jesus as my Lord and then, and then being willing to submit to him? Um, it's not optional, so we profess. We have to have, what do we, in order to, to, to call Jesus Lord, Lord, what do we need to know and believe? That he, that he is the Son of God, that He is God, that, that, that He is our Lord, that He is worthy of being uh, called our Lord. And so, so we acknowledge that He's our Lord. And then, when, once we do, then we're acknowledging he, he is God, God is our Father, God is the ultimate authority, and we have things to do. because So we acknowledge that He's our God, and so we're going to do something. If we don't submit to the Lordship of Jesus, then we're not, we can't call ourselves Christians. Christians have Christ above, you know, in their in our name, but Christ is above us. So if we don't submit uh, to to the Lordship, if we don't acknowledge Him being our Lord and only our only Lord, then we're in trouble. Um, Jesus is warning. He, it's addressed to it's addressed to those who were calling on Him, uh, Lord. Those who hear my words. And don't do them. Why are you calling me Lord, Lord, and not doing them? He says, um, in, in a way he's saying, okay, examine yourselves. Do you really want to obey me on the thought level? Well, what does that mean? Cerebrally or, or intellectually, I know and believe that Jesus is the Lord. Do you believe that? Yes, we do. Okay, so that's the first thing. Are you going to judge your sin in the light of my word? Why? Because he is the author of... Uh, he is the word. And so we judge our sins based on him, not based on other people around us. Well, um, other people are doing it. Why can't I? Everyone does this. Or are we excusing our disobedience to, be, you know, to claim, well, I'm under grace, I'm under mercy, and I, and I can pretty much do this. Well, in Romans chapter 8, Paul, you know, Paul's talking about that. Shall we sin more so that grace may have been? No, 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 not at all. And so... And so, are we doing that? No, hopefully not. Are you justifying yourself by thinking everyone else does it? And so, it's, it's, it's on a 
heart level, but it begins in our heads. Um, and so we need to understand that. It's a test of whether our faith is genuine or counterfeit. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7, if, you, if you're not already there. When I just don't put the scripture up, I mean the, the, the text up, then that just means let's go there. So Matthew 7, and you know, I, I reference this a lot because it really is, it's, it's poignant to me. It, it comes into play a lot of times when we are studying with people um, who have, have other backgrounds religiously. Um, not everyone in verse 21 of 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Didn't you just say that? You're calling me Lord and you're not doing, uh, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Notice that what they're saying. Lord, Lord, again, prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. 23, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me who practice, who do lawlessness. And so he's, this is important for us to remember. Outwardly, if you saw these people driving out demons and, and doing wonders and, and prophesying, wouldn't you see them and look at their lives and just go, wow, I wish I could be like them. I would. But Jesus says, you're calling me Lord, Lord, but you're not following me. And those kinds of people, and they're not bad people, some of them might be, but, but uh, what kind of person tries to do many wonders in Jesus? I mean, they're not bad people, I don't believe. But Jesus says um, that I know their hearts and I know there is a reason for them not to make it. So obedience isn't optional because it starts with our head. Obedience is not optional because it's the foundation that, that it's the foundation. So things will come up in life and, and depend on our foundation, depending on our foundation, we will either fall or stand. Things will come up. The first home builder represents the man who he only hears. Now, the first home builder, he, he acts on Jesus' word. He doesn't only hear, but he acts on Jesus' word. And so what does that house represent? If, if we're making the analogy and, 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 um, and uh, applying to, to the... The analogy, what's the house represent? Well, it's our lives. Spiritual lives? Yes. Physical lives? Yes. I believe. Both. And that's the, that's the beauty of, of a parable or an analogy that Jesus, has used, that Jesus uses. So, we're all building a house. The question is, how are we building that house? Our, 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 what kind of foundation? Um, now, you can take a new home. In, in South Texas, where we are, what's the saying? It's not a matter of whether... You need foundation repair, but a matter of when you're going to need the foundation repair. You can build the nicest house that anyone's ever seen in this area, and you can put all the fancy things that you want to, but eventually in this area, what's going to happen? And it seems to me the bigger house you build, the more likely it's going to move. The foundation's going to move. But this guy says, no, I'm going to build this house right, and he dig and, and and we can probably dig for the rest of our lives trying to get past the gumbo or whatever you call it here, the clay. But um, he builds to, he digs to bedrock, finds that foundation. And, and we need to understand when we build, we take some time. If the house isn't resting on a solid foundation, what are we doing? Throwing money down the drain. Okay, flood, trials of life. Um,
those who profess to believe in Jesus but deny him by their disobedience, they're going to hell. And I say that first uh, from Titus 1.16. They profess to know God, but in works, in works, they deny him being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good what? Work. And so there is there are things to be done. Um, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and don't do what I tell you? Some, some reasons why the guy didn't build uh, correctly. First, I th- he's probably lazy. Disobedience is much easier than obedience. Digging deep is, is much easier than just building on whatever, whatever it's on, making it flat and then digging. Um, I mean, then building. It's so much easier. Maybe he wanted immediate benefits uh, of having a house, having a roof over his head without taking the time that it, that it should take. Spiritually, a lot of people uh, come to Jesus for the benefits he offers. In other words, they come to Jesus and, and, they, and they're thinking, well, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this situation? Jesus died for me, but what can I get? And that's the attitude. So I, I'm going to build fast. I'm going to build, I'm going to build big. And I'm going to get under, under this roof. And finally, a third reason that, that someone might not bother to build spiritually. They, they live in the moment. They're not living long-sightedly. They're short-sighted. Um, and so I know we blaze through that, but I, I felt like it was more important to focus on this idea of, of we have to do things in order to remain faithful. It's not based on our doing things, but doing things is part of obedience. People are coming in. <laughs> we flew through it. Okay. And what do I need to do? I need to clean up. <laughs>